Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. Do you want more good algorithms in your life? Did you know that when you subscribe to the podcast, when you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, when you like and love our posts and pages, the internet machine will find new ways to send good, encouraging content into your life? So please, subscribe, follow, like, and love away that you can continue to be blessed and encouraged in your journey through the Bible. And as always, thanks for listening. This is episode 17, season one of the Family Bible Journey Old Testament podcast. Today we're looking at Genesis chapter 23. The title of today's podcast is Let's Make a Deal. The key verse for today's podcast is Genesis chapter 23, verse 19, where it says, After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre, that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. This is the word of the Lord. So here we're getting to the closing chapters of the life of Abraham. And here in chapter 23, I have it marked with a low because his beloved Sarah passes away. At the ripe old age of 127 years, she is called to the Lord. She dies in faith in Hebron. And Abraham spends the rest of this chapter finding and procuring a place, a suitable place for Sarah's burial. Now, let's not overlooked the fact that this was undoubtedly one of the saddest days of Abraham's life, that he and Sarah had spent maybe even a hundred years, probably even more than a hundred years together as man and wife, that she was a faithful woman, that she loved him. She loved him so much. She even went away with his crazy schemes sometimes. And there are some people, sadly, as a pastor, of course, you spend a lot of time with those who have lost loved ones. And sometimes when there has been a couple who's been married for a long time, maybe it's 50, 60, 70, or even more years, many times mourners will come and they'll, I think they don't realize what they're doing and they don't mean to do it, but they'll actually almost kind of dismiss or diminish the grief of the surviving spouse. They'll say something along the lines of, oh, you had so many great years together. Or you hear about them talking at the funeral luncheon after the funeral and, and they'll be talking about, oh, what a blessing it was, which, of course, it was a blessing. But sometimes when people die at a, an old age, folks don't understand the tremendous loss and the even deeper loss that it is in many ways from people who have spent so much of their natural lives together. And part of the mourning process for us, at least in our culture, is the, is the reality of planning a funeral and, and getting the flowers and, and picking a casket if, if there's persons going to be buried and, and meeting with a funeral director and planning the service with a pastor. And, and all of this is, is very busy. It's a very busy time right after somebody passes, often within a day and definitely within a couple of days. You're in meetings and you're talking about money and you're talking about flowers and arrangements and places and times and schedules and coordinating a variety of things in the midst of your grief. And there is some value for that, I do believe, because it allows us to focus on something positive and constructive as we are thinking about how it is that we're going to honor this person that we loved who has died. How are we going to respect and honor and cherish and share the memories that we have with our many family and friends who are also mourning the loss of this person? There is very real value in that. And the rest of this chapter, after mentioning Sarah's death, is really the negotiation that Abraham went through in order to buy her a burial place. This place that Abraham buys near Hebron is still to this day revered as the tomb of the patriarchs. You know, Abraham and Sarah are buried there, that Isaac and Rebekah are going to be buried there, that many of the patriarchs are going to be buried here in this very place. But Abraham has to go through this 
customary bartering negotiation in order to procure this place for his wife's burial. And the way that they go about this, it, this a lot of this chapter probably sounds a little odd to a lot of people because this is a bartering society. And we've talked about this already before in the podcast, but the scripture goes into pretty deep detail to show that Abraham was fully engaged and giving the folks of the area their full due and their full respect that he wasn't stealing from them or taking from them or bribing them, but rather what he was doing was he was going through and engaging in the business and the way that their business was done in that community at that point in time. And by doing this, he is really showing us that it is sanctified by God, that it is actually God's design that we, as his faithful people, are going to engage in commerce and business with the people of our community and in our day and our age. And, and there is no particular system of economy, be it capitalism or a bartering economy or socialism or communism. There is no one way to do business that has God's divine stamp of approval. While there are plenty of people, of course, who are going to try to tell you that God has his certain way that he wants us to be doing business and that's it. I don't think that they're going to be able to stand on very firm biblical grounds because we know with the Bible, it transcends hundreds and even thousands of years that there were lots of different ways that business is done in the time of the Bible. And all of them were sanctified. All of them were blessed by God as ways that human beings had decided that they were going to work together and do business together. And there is nothing wrong with us as God's people. As a matter of fact, there is a lot right with us as God's people recognizing the customs of the land, the way that things are done, learning those ways and seeking to do the very best that we can what God has given us by engaging in these sorts of transactions and business relationships with the people who are around us. There are too many Christians today, in my opinion, who are so fed up with society and so fearful of where society is going and a lot of Christians that are concerned about the potential government ramifications on our faith, that they are receding from the society, that they're withdrawing from society, that they are almost going into a, a, a commune and, and completely withdrawing. And I, I fully understand that if if you are concerned and that if, if there are things that make you uncomfortable that you kind of want to maybe take a step back or two, that, that's totally fine. And if you're doing that in faith, God bless you in that. But if we get to the point where we are so fed up with the systems that are around us or so fearful or, or so untrusting that we are no longer willing to participate in the systems that God himself has ordained to govern our interactions at this point in time, well, then we're setting ourselves up for something less than what God has in store for us. Abraham is not withdrawing from the community in his moment of grief. No, he is engaging the community. He is reaching out to them and he is going to do what he can do to honor his wife by honoring the people around him and procuring this place for him to bury his loved one. And so as, as we go through these passages and as we are considering the Bible and, and how things were done at the time of Abraham and, and how things are done in different places in Scripture, I hope that instead of looking at these things and criticizing them or rejecting wholeheartedly what is being put before us in the words of Scripture, that you would use these things, and especially when these customs seem really odd or unusual and maybe even wrong, that you can kind of step back and reflect upon your own life and the society that God has placed you in and to see how it is that he can work through these human institutions, many of which people are just throwing their hands up and giving up all hope of redeeming. 
You know, friends, that if we completely pull ourselves out of society, we have zero chance of engaging and therefore redeeming that which we fear is already lost. But when we are actively engaged in our community and when we are doing business and participating in the economy and and working with people and establishing relationships with them, we are actually building bridges that God can use to show them if and when they're wrong, that there is a better way. And I am blessed in the work that I do to work with congregations and with Christians all around the country and in different parts of the world who are working very hard with the people that God has put into their lives, be they Christian or Muslim or Mormon or Jewish or secular or communist or capitalist or socialist, because God has put a passion in their heart for the people around them and they are embracing the challenges that they are confronted with as opportunities to share Christ's redeeming love with other people. And by building these relationships up and investing in these people, they are getting a seat at the table of the conversations that are going to shape their communities going forward. And there is tremendous power in that, my friends. And so as we close our discussion here on this chapter of Sarah's death, and we think in our challenge to think about how business was done back then and how we as Christians today can engage in business now, we conclude with our blessing. For all of you paper people listening, and I expect there are a few of you out there, especially since we are journaling our way through the Bible, if you would like to snail mail a letter or send a contribution, you can find our contact info, including our mailing address, at familybiblejourney.com. May God grant you wisdom to learn how to work with people and work within the community and culture you find yourself so that you may prosper while sharing Christ with others. Amen.